We've had uh, the privilege in our regular worship time during the month of December of walking through uh, some of the passages at the beginning of the book of Matthew, Matthew 1 and, and Matthew 2 in particular. And I want us to look at one other passage, and it's at the very end of that section of Scripture tonight. And it's a, it's a little bit off the beaten path of Christmas verses, if you will, but I'm, I'm sort of assuming here that, that most of us at least have a general familiarity with the Christmas story. And particularly the fact that the Christmas story reveals to us some really unexpected things. It doesn't play out exactly the way you would think the Son of God coming into the world would. First of all, He's born and comes in human form, is delivered through human birth. That's kind of a surprising, shocking, unexpected thing. The situation of His birth to a very common family. He's the King of kings and Lord of lords. He's the Son of David, and yet He comes to a common family and is born in a very common situation as well in the manger. The uh, visitors, if you will, to the hospital room are an uncommon, unexpected cadre of folks. The shepherds were sort of the ruffians of the time. And today we might expect them to, to roll in here with some tattoos on their arm, maybe smoking a little bit, and you know, maybe riding some motorcycles. That's the sort of folks the shepherds were viewed as in the ancient world. And then the wise men come from a great distance Unlikely folks to gather around, being sort of pagan astrologers that just sort of searched out things from the skies. Here they are, not even really from among the people of God, and yet at the feet of the Savior as he's coming into the world. And, and then we have the unexpected situation that will get us up to speed on our passage today of Jesus being born and then having to immediately flee down to Egypt to get away from Herod and his evil plans to try to wipe out this, this threat. Herod's a king who's threatened by Jesus' kingship. And then as they're coming back, as, as we'll read in our passage tonight, Joseph comes back and finds out, well, we're not going to be able to go back to where we thought we would either. We're going to end up in an even more unexpected place. So listen as I read the last couple verses of Matthew uh, chapter 2. Tonight, and then we'll talk a minute about how Jesus, in many ways, uh, comes unexpectedly and yet ultimately meets every need that we have for salvation, for life, for joy, for eternity. Starting at verse 19 of Matthew 2, it says, But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Rise, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the child's life are dead. And he rose and took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in the place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee, and he went and lived in a city called Nazareth. That what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled, he shall be called a Nazarene. Let's pray together. Father, I pray that tonight you would teach us, that you would open our eyes and unstop our ears, that we could 
here and know good things from your word, maybe things we've heard about before, realities we're aware of, but that you would impress them upon our hearts and minds, that they would do a transforming work in us even tonight. We pray. Amen. Well, expectations are uh, an interesting thing, aren't they? Whether it's expectations for what we're going to find under the tree or expectations for a relationship in our life to go a certain way, expectations of a certain goal in our career or hobby or sports or school, expectations are an interesting thing for us to manage and in the case of me, I, I, I had a little experience with expectations this last weekend. I mentioned a little bit about it on Sunday morning. Had an opportunity to go do a little deer hunting on Saturday. And I uh, wanted to take the kiddos along. I got four boys, took along my twin boys, eight years old. As I mentioned on Sunday, our host was gracious enough to provide for both of these youngsters a couple of BB guns, real live BB guns, the first they've ever held in their hands. And so it was a little bit, uh, you know, overbearing for me, I guess, to tell them they couldn't shoot at the nearby trees and bushes while we were there. But with every noise and click of the BB gun, I thought, well, we're even less and less likely to see something. My expectations went down as far as deer coming. In fact, I had brought along a little paperwork for my dissertation I'm working on. I brought along my sermon notes, and I figured, well, if nothing else, I'll get something done along those lines while we're here. Then the boys, after sitting still, now I want to say overall they did a good job, so I don't want to sell them short. They did a good job, but not surprisingly, they wanted to go on a little expedition. Hard to stay put in the little shooting house the entire time, and I couldn't really hold that back either, but with each tromp through the, through the brush behind the tree stand and each laugh and giggle, I thought, well, we're even less likely to see something. My expectations went down so low, I posted on Facebook. Some of y'all may have seen that my expectation of seeing anything had reached a, a complete low. And then when we had been there for several hours, it was starting to rain a little bit. It was starting to get dark. And I turned to the boys and I, I mustered up the best I could to try to convince them because they were pretty discouraged. I said, now this is the time. This is, this is when they're likely to come. And, and even as I was saying that, I was sort of you know, grabbing a few things and putting them away in the bag, figuring nothing's going to happen out here. And just when we weren't even looking or paying attention anymore, from kind of an unexpected side of the field, came one, came two, came three, came four. Expectations are an interesting business. And as I mentioned earlier, there's so many things about the coming of Jesus into the world that are kind of unexpected, they really highlight for us then the amazing things that he has done for us. But I want to walk through our passage just a little bit, and particularly these verses where it tells us that he shall be called a, a Nazarene. You know, Nazareth was, was not really a, a complete backwater. It wasn't a, a, a total a podunk place. There was some commerce and so forth going on in there. But if you recall, one of Jesus' own disciples, when he was told that Jesus was from Nazareth, said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? It just wasn't a place that you expected the things of God's kingdom 
to come forth from. It's interesting to think about what it means here when it says Jesus shall be called a Nazarene then. And uh, some folks might equate it to the idea of the Nazarite. If you remember uh, Samson and then the Apostle Paul as well were Nazarites, but that doesn't seem to fit. That's not really what it says here. It says he shall be called a Nazarene. Well, without going through a bunch of scriptures tonight, I would just encourage you to take a look at Isaiah 52, Isaiah 53, Psalm 22. And here's the main idea that all of those passages say hundreds of years before Jesus ever came to that manger. Those passages tell us that Jesus is going to come in an unexpected way. When it says that the prophets are going to be fulfilled by him being a Nazarene, it's just saying he's going to come from this place that you wouldn't even imagine that he would come from. And that's so important for our lives tonight. Because one of the things we're going to see as we uh, seek to encounter God, seek to know God through Christ, is that He's not going to work sometimes in the way that we expect. In fact, a lot of times He's going to work exactly the opposite. If we expect that we can sort of pile up a certain amount of good behavior and, and be a little bit better than the, next, the guy next to us, or do certain religious tasks, or that God's going to sort of grade on the curve and that we'll all be okay, Jesus is going to disappoint that expectation. He's going to disappoint that, and then he's going to meet us with an even more incredible delivery. And that he's going to say, well, actually, all of us are far more sinful and broken than we might have ever realized. But God loves us through Christ far more than we ever dreamed. We're not going to get there on our own ability or our own performance. The only way we're going to get there is through what Jesus has done. That's what it means to receive him by faith. So he might defy our expectations that way of even how we get to him and know him and relate to God. It's going to come by mercy and grace, not by us being particularly good people. He might also defy our expectations experience-wise of what we expect to experience when we encounter the Lord. Maybe we think it's going to be, you know, all bells and whistles the whole time that we relate to Him. And He's going to surprise us by the fact that He actually meets us sometimes in suffering, in difficulty. Maybe He actually allows those things to come into our lives so that He can meet us there. And it's not going to feel like a great experience But it might be right there in that place that we see we need Him and can put our trust more deeply in Him. He's also not going to fit, and we've talked about this a few times in recent weeks, especially with these wise men coming. They were kind of the scientists of the day. Jesus isn't going to fit our expectations of our sort of materialistic world where everything fits into our logical box. Jesus coming in a manger, the Son of God taking on human form, miracles taking place, rising from the dead. All of these things don't fit into our little categories and limited boxes. Jesus defies our expectation. And here's the beautiful thing about that. In so doing, he meets exactly what we need. It's not going to look maybe like what we expect it to, but he meets exactly what we need. 
think there's another thing that we can draw from this idea that Jesus comes in an unexpected way. And this will be the last thing I'll, I'll talk about tonight. And then we'll, we'll wrap up and allow you all to get home and enjoy some, some good and wonderful family time or time with friends. And that's that because Jesus works in an unexpected way and works in our lives in an unexpected way, he can do things that we don't expect with each one of us. He can take our lives and shape them in ways we might not have imagined. In fact, the scriptures say in 1 Corinthians that we have the treasure, if we've received the gospel and received what Christ has done, we have the treasure of the gospel, God's powerful working, in jars of clay. And the reason for that is so that his all-surpassing power would be displayed that we would see that it was from God and not from us. You know what that means? That means that even though maybe we don't think we've got anything to bring to the table in a relationship with the Lord, maybe we realize that. Maybe we've actually even got a, a whole lot of baggage that we're hauling to the table. The Lord might just surprise us with what He can do in us in restoring us and forgiving us and what He can do through us. He works in an unexpected way. Moms who feel overwhelmed by the demands of daily life and taking care of kiddos and maybe some out in the workplace as well, struggling perhaps with identity issues, maybe not feeling love from husband as much as they should. God can meet that mom and work in unexpected ways through her. Men maybe that are reaching that middle stage of life and career hasn't quite amounted to all you wanted it to be and some of your personal goals and pursuits don't seem to bring the kind of fulfillment that you want from them and you struggle, God can meet and do something unexpected in you in that place. Little ones, children out here, maybe discouraged, maybe school's not going so well for you or you aren't as good at Sports or your particular hobby or activity as the other kid is and you're a little discouraged. Jesus can meet you. Jesus can do unexpected things by the treasure that he puts in the jars of clay that each one of us are. Well, I saw recently that the uh, little people are back in the movie theater. Little people, those hobbits, Right? Maybe you saw the uh, recent movie, the recent segment of the Hobbit series that came out. I haven't gotten out to see it yet, so don't, don't spoil it for me, okay? But uh, my son's read the books and so forth. We've watched the movies. Uh, my wife enjoys it, too. We've got the, like, 12-disc Lord of the Rings whole set for that part of it. And the Hobbit story is an interesting one for us, especially when you take it on into the Lord of the Rings series, because what's the deal with the hobbits. You know, Tolkien was a believer and he was trying to communicate a message about spiritual things ultimately through those movies. The hobbits are from this unexpected place. They're from the Shire. They're little tiny folks that, that other regular sized people don't even kind of notice when they're moving around. They don't like to do anything great or have what? Any adventures. They're simple people, like to stay around the home front. But isn't it interesting 
But in that whole series, it's not the elves with all their special powers and dignity and ability that get the thing done that needs to be done. It's not the Boromir or Aragorn, although they're important figures along the way that really achieve the ultimate goal for Middle Earth. Nor is it the dwarves, even with their stalwart character and determination. It's these hobbits, these little ones from an unexpected place. And one hobbit in particular that takes this ring that he picks up and throws it in that fire. And in so doing, changes everything for the world of Middle Earth. Jesus is like that in some ways. He's an unexpected being in the way that He comes into the world. And even in the way that He offers up His life on the cross for you and for me, He brings salvation unexpectedly. Isn't it amazing that in doing that, though, He can meet each one of us right where we are with exactly what we need and maybe even do something unexpected with you and with me. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for the story and message of this season. And we ask, Lord, that You would really impress it upon our hearts in a fresh way. We'd really be drawn up into worship of You and a greater knowledge of Your love for us tonight and on into tomorrow morning. Lord, we pray that you would bless us that way for our good and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.